Welcome everyone to another episode of uh, Imperfect Parenting Podcast. I'm here with Rob again in his beautiful, beautiful office. And um, yeah, we are going to chat again about parenting, Rob. What have you got for us today? Great, Stu, and uh, good morning to you and great to talk. So, Stu, just to, um, I guess, be clear about where we're at and, uh, you know, the kind of framework that we have in mind for the next few episodes. Um, we have um, been talking, first of all, about mattering during this time of COVID um, and then moved on to feeling or emotions during this time of COVID. Um, those two uh, focuses move to the background as now we're focusing more squarely on relating or connecting. Um, again, bearing in mind uh, the kind of time that we're in. Um, I want to say though that, you know, whilst they move to the background, we need to appreciate how interconnected um, all of these elements are. Um, and that I do want to go forward and talk about things like anxiety, which is running rampant at the moment with lots of young people that I'm seeing, um, and it has been more pronounced during uh, COVID, as well as mood difficulties, getting down, getting depressed in some occasions, and how do we safeguard our children, you know, when when those are real risks, we need to we need to be sharp about that. But what we're doing at the moment is we're looking at, if you like, the understructure that feeds into those two very typical problems, um, particularly um, at this time. So uh, mattering would be one element, um, feeling another perhaps more obvious element, um, and then now relating. I want to say though that again these are interconnected. I mean I think we could say that mattering is a bit like the body. Um, it is um, the eye that interacts with the you um, and how we see one another, the worth uh, that we carry, the way we treat one another, um, whether we treat one another uh, with equal dignity or start to perhaps you know, treat one another poorly in some shape or form, as was going on with those two girls we spoke about last episode. Um, and then uh, uh, feeling or emotions, which I often feel are like the muscle tissue of relating. You know, it's the feelings and the emotions that get us to to say and do the things we do interpersonally. So we are very much, when it comes to relationships, driven by how we feel. And it happens so fast. And I think that's why sometimes we look back and, oh my word, why did I do that? You know, I wish I hadn't. But at the time, you have to look at what we were feeling, what were we carrying um, inside of us. And so both mattering and uh, feeling are very much part and parcel of relating. Now, as far as relating or connecting goes, we need to appreciate that this has been a very weird time for young people, for all of us, really. I mean, in some ways, I, I don't know about you, Stu, but I feel like because so much has happened, so much has gone on, I've realized more and in a fresh way how much people matter. You know, so I have lost friends um, and, you know, it's, it's been terrible because those people are irreplaceable. And I think back over my, my time with them and obviously treasure those moments and wish that I had more. So COVID has reminded me that, that we matter, people matter. 
and that it is also the small moments, the moments in between all of our rushing around and working, you know, those moments where we actually get to enjoy one another. Those moments are are very precious and uh, we need to appreciate that going forward. But also, you know, this uh, this time it's it's made more difficult to connect with each other. There's far fewer social spaces, places where people are all together, you know, congregating if you like. Um, all of the usual social gatherings that have been, you know, around for ages haven't been allowed to happen of late. And so it's much easier for young people to feel disconnected, young and and adult, you know, just not as connected as we once were. And also, I guess, for all of us, we are more pressure. There's a lot more uncertainty going on. Um, there's much more focusing on, you know, getting done what needs to be done. And I think that connecting can fall by the wayside because we were under pressure. And many of us aren't really that happy a lot of the time. So we might withdraw. We might be more drawn to social media. So it's not been a great time for young and old in terms of connecting and feeling a part of a community. And we need to be careful because there's a kind of a truism in psychology, which is that loneliness is a depression pull. In other words, when we feel disconnected, whether it's true or not, we might be a part of a, a very loving family. But if we've got a child, you know, who's sitting in his or her room, um, you're not allowed to cough these days, do you? You know that. It's kind of against the law. Um you know, there they are, they're sitting, but they're feeling disconnected. Maybe they've had some message that's been sent from a friend that's been somewhat cold or, you know, they've been blue ticked, I think the term is, if they're on a WhatsApp platform and, you know, they sent a message that wasn't, you know, didn't get a reply. And they're sitting with this horrible feeling of, you know, gosh, um, I don't matter. I'm not a good person. I'm not, I'm not socially loved. So we as parents, we really have to watch that at the moment. And as I've said with feelings, I've said before, we need to be brave. We need to get in there. We need to talk. Just like those parents of, I think we called her Dorothy. <laughs> Just like the parents of Dorothy, we've got to get in there. We've got to make sure and check in with our kids. And so I'm saying to parents at the moment, for ourselves but also for them, be sure to just monitor Get a sense of where they are socially, because I can assure all of us that that will be a key marker in terms of their mental health at the moment. Are they feeling connected to their peers or not? How are they feeling as social beings? Please do check on that, because I know that it is a, a very vital part of their well-being. A lot of that resonates with me, and I think also talking to some of some of my friends, and you know, I'm not sure I'm including you in that yet, but yeah, it, it seems like this has been a time where people have felt disconnected, and uh, just generally, I um I, I saw an interesting interesting thing the other day. It was someone who who had posted posted something about when they're feeling down and disconnected, they have a, like a checklist of practical things that they can do and I thought that it was actually quite a quite a cool idea you know um, and the checklist kind of went from a walk in nature to what am I eating you know let me let me let me think a little bit more about my eating but it also had um, a whole section on connect uh, like I phone these five people and I give them a call and I chat to them you know I wonder who those people would be uh, for our kids and for us as well and would that make sense to you Rob? That's such a lovely idea, you know, um, 
because I mean these things all are linked. Let me say that for lots of lots of people, you know, that feeling of disconnection. Wow, it can happen fast, you know, um, and it can take small moments, small events, to give us that feeling of being out of sorts, out of step socially, and then we get quite agitated. We get a very uncomfortable, anxious feeling. So, and then with that, we are likely to get caught up in in our in our thinking. We're likely to sort of go very much inside. And I guess worry at um, what's going on, what's what's the fallout, and we sort of locked in our mind, if you like. And what's great about those practical steps is that they take us out of our minds and into restoring equilibrium, restoring a sense of balance, and restoring a sense of connection. So I love that. I like for each of us to have ways of getting out of that horrible headspace we can get into when we're feeling out of sorts with with the world you know just on that i suppose one of the things certainly for me and i don't know whether it would be for others is you want to be able to have people that you can connect with though that you know you can just say hey um i'm not good you know and just be able to to be yourself with as well and possibly if we don't have people like that in our lives um, it's something that we should really be looking for Yes, absolutely, Stu. I think that we, we all need our band of brothers and sisters that we can turn to uh, when we're feeling grotty inside. It's interesting, you know, uh, as you know, I talk to lots of young people. I would say sort of from the ages of 11 up, quite often what young people will say to me is that they don't do that because they don't want to burden their friends. So they will say to me, you know, if I, if I let them know that I'm not feeling great, then I'm not actually being a good friend myself. And what's fascinating about that for me is that I know that if they were to turn to their friends, their friends would actually feel really chuffed and pretty pleased that they were selected, you know, to be someone that um, that, that person, you know, thinks can help them or is there for them, someone who they see as a friend. So we're all social creatures and we actually like to be turned to um, in moments of vulnerability because I think that also frees up the other person to be honest with us and you'll very likely find that they'll say to us well you know what I can relate to that I sometimes feel like that too and so it becomes a shared thing and we spoke before about the huge difference between feeling something that's locked inside of us unspoken a sort of a grotty underground feeling and then one that we bring into the sun through talking and even if our friends or our family don't have any wonderful suggestions for us, the mere fact that we're sharing where we're at, it does something for us. We start to feel uh, restored. We start to feel more in balance. Yeah, Rob, I mean, someone who sits and chats to people all the time, though, I suppose there's another side to that, if, I, if you don't mind me going there. But um, so I think it's a wonderful insight and it's helpful for me to think about the fact that that people actually... And it would be the same for me. I would want to know if my friends are, are struggling and I'd want to be there for them. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I suppose if I was constantly getting hold of a friend and just constantly telling them how I'm, how I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not doing well, um, it can also be a burden as well, Rob. Would there be that side to it or am I, am I sort of heading off in a completely wrong direction here? So to bring it back into the into the family space, let's assume that we are we have a child, a teenager, who is out of sorts emotionally. Um, 
I'm hoping that all of us will consider ourselves as parents, close and loving coaches of our kids. And again, it's this idea of you're allowed to have an emotion. So if you are out of sorts for a long period of time, let's say you're battling with anxiety and that anxiety has really got you by the throat and it's not going away in a hurry. You may well feel like you constantly want to turn to friends, almost as a way of reassuring yourself. And so you can get locked into the cycle where, in a sense, you're kind of using your friend to calibrate yourself. Now, that's why I say we as parents must get in the middle of this because they need adult guidance. They need to be wise. It's not that we're saying to them, don't be anxious, but we are saying to them, moderate that, contain it, bring it to me. I mean, I'm your dad, I'm your mom. I don't need you to be fine. But with your friends, watch that. And we go into kind of a social coaching, don't we? Where we say, watch out for being, if you like, a burden or letting your emotion dominate. We're in fact socially now, remember I said that emotions are like the muscle tissue. So a young person who's very anxious might impulsively compulsively feel the need to connect all the time and in a way become a pain as a result a kind of a burden and that person would need it would be brilliant for them to have a mom or a dad to say when you have that feeling watch out for for doing that because i don't think it's going to help you socially so that kind of coaching going on yes yeah yeah no that 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 makes a heck of a lot of sense um i mean i've, I've had to tell you that many times Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah okay i think that's that's really, really helpful. But I also, I really, really like that insight that actually you do. You do want to know how your friends are doing and you do want to be there for them. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, that's right. I think it's a turning towards. It's a kind of a, it's a marker to, to you and I, you know, in as much as you and I share what's really going on. It's a marker to say, you know, I trust you. You matter to me. I value your input and I feel safe with you. So turning towards one another with the truth of how we're feeling actually gives each, each of us really useful information about our relationship and the quality of the relationship that we share. So maybe this, uh, this week we can, um, we can spend a little bit of time thinking about what's our, what's our check-off list and, and who do we turn to and, and are we connecting with people? Uh, and then get in there with our kids and do the same thing with them. All sounds great to me, Stu.